Hey, Rosie. Hey, Caitlin. How are you today? I'm doing pretty well. A little bit nervous to stop uh, episode two. Me too. But, it's um... scary. It's so scary. People ask for it now. Um, and we didn't want you to ask for it. That's not what <laughs> this is about. <laughs> it has honestly taken us, like, four takes now. Over, like, two consecutive weeks. We are so nervous. We are the biggest losers <laughs> in the world. When you read... Now day you I wanna, know. <laughs> one day I want to publish the the bad edits and, and let everyone hear it. And oh, God. It, 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 it's pretty hilarious. <sighs> but, yeah, welcome to episode two, I guess. Um, yeah, this is You Asked For It. This is You Asked For It. You asked for it. You asked for it. Um, why did you ask for it? Yeah, why the freaking heck did you ask for it? <clears throat> I am Rosaline Ryan. I'm Caitlin Shearer. And uh, we don't really have an it. I think the it is maybe anxiety, but we'll get to that that's later. A bloody good it. <laughs> that was right off the top of your head, and I'm like, that's the nail on the hammer. Yeah. Or the hammer on the nail. <laughs> We're just right That's in the wood right now. now. <laughs> <laughs> I can't speak probably. Yeah. So, people, uh, people hearing your voice is um, there's a lot of pressure. Mm, we've had a pretty overwhelming response to the last episode too, um, which we weren't expecting at all. Yeah, at all. we really. I thought, oh, my mum's gonna listen to it. She was the least phased by the podcast, actually, to be honest. <laughs> my mum my mom bloody loved it. She'll yeah, be she listening did. to this one. Yeah. and uh, Hi, Sam. Lots of people um, messaged their best friends after the last one, which was really nice. Lots of people messaged us with some really personal stories. It was amazing. It was so nice. Like, I don't think I've ever, since hanging out with you and meeting other people like at toast and stuff like that I've never mm. felt alone in my mental illness mm. but it definitely was like more of an eye-opening like mm. oh my god all these people that I admire also go through like super similar things and yeah. want to talk more about it and aren't judgmental and... I think it's nice to have an open dialogue too in the workspace so that if you are having an off day People don't just think you're being a slack ass or yeah, and everyone knows mm. where everyone's at and and like we can all deal with things together in terms of social and public situations to do with work that can sometimes be daunting. Yeah, you have um we your own cheer squad and yeah, get through it together as a team. Mm, it's so nice. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, like um, so th- that was mm. the nicer part of um the first episode, but. The sadder part is how anxious the pressure has then made us, which is yeah. not anyone's fault but our own minds. That's true. Because um, we, we sat here, we've been in my room for about half an hour now, mm. and this is the third take, just from tonight. Mm. Um, I had my sad voice on because <laughs> I was trying to talk really slow and legibly. Le- and- can you stay legible about voice and words or is it just pen and paper i don't know i think legible is a pen and paper thing but we'll we'll anyway. go with it we'll go with it um and then this time last week or yeah a week ago i accidentally drank <laughs> you didn't accidentally god knows how many glasses of wine during, we were very nervous yeah, and we thought alcohol would be the solution and it definitely wasn't, it wasn't. especially do not drink when you're already anxious, people. Please do not. Cause, uh, it's easier said than done. But Five like... hours beforehand, I had been reciting something to the girls in the studio from WebMD about the fact that uh, alcohol is a depressant and you should stay away from and it. And it just exacerbates the problem. Yeah, and... at all costs. If and you I was like, all right, with you're not drinking mm. then, but I'm going to have a beer. And then Caitlin's and then like, a cask I'll be okay because I'm with my wine. friends. Oh, oh, anyway. Was... It ended with me, with my... We walked home. We had my, to walk it off. My green parka jacket over my head. <laughs> like a turtle on, on the, the floor. floor <laughs> saying, I'm a turtle, <laughs> crying at the same time. Because I was so... It was like, like a cry laugh, and then it was like a cry. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's that. That's mm. that story. And I just spent, like, I've just spent the whole several previous recordings just like doing these like nervous giggles mm. and just like oh, I don't want to say that let's re-record I don't want to say that 
Um, you can't tell people the truth <clears throat> now about any of them. Yeah, no. Yeah. People are actually listening. Um, so maybe not. Maybe maybe people are tuned out by this point. Yeah. Is, fingers crossed. <laughs> fingers uncrossed. <laughs> doing this uh, um, to give us some some more confidence. Yeah. Maybe I yeah. don't know. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, anxiety. When was the first time you remember getting anxiety? Oh God. Oh, can you think of a time, or do you just? Because I think. Some people can remember an occasion, but then other people, it's just always been there. And, like, you just... Well, you see, I think it was high school time. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't remember a clear, like, boom, this was the event, this is the day, this is the time that it happened. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I think it just grew increasingly from... Stress from high school? Or... Stress of, yeah, low self-esteem, mm. like, just compounding issues, like, not wanting to for my body to change going through anxiety, going through anxiety, going through puberty. Oh, Um, yeah. I love the puberty and anxiety thing too because it started with puberty. I was was saying the other day we were talking about boobs when our boobs started to grow and Mm. um, I really vividly remember. Grade four, holla. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, mine was probably four or five um, Mm. and I remember these budding her tiny little like budding boobies, you know, budding boobies, and my mum. <laughs> oh, it used to drive me crazy because she'd call them boobies, and oh, it just yeah. embarrassed the crap out of me. Yeah. But I vividly remember one summer wearing a sleeveless, fleece-lined silver like alien puffer jacket. Oh my god! I think or... I've seen a photo of you in this puffer jacket. Oh god! What? I feel like I have. My mom, no, it's just a past life regression thing. We wore puffer jackets in some country <laughs> no, together. I'm certain. Ago. Maybe once you what? you sent me or you did an insta story maybe and it was maybe dylan did oh maybe yeah yeah Yeah, my younger brother has a tendency to. i feel like this has already been revealed to me because i can picture you in it for sure takes pictures of very embarrassing and you had like really tight hair yeah i used to slick it back yeah gel it down so my curls couldn't get away Mm. um but yeah, uh, I wore I wore this puffer jacket all summer long, even in the summer. midst of like fucking, you know, what I, w- I lived in on a the central town. coast. <laughs> yeah, everyone else is going to the beach, and I'm wearing a puffer jacket so no one can see my little boobs. Oh, <laughs> what a loser! Oh, anyway, that's the only way I knew how to deal with it. I couldn't talk. I couldn't talk about my uncomfortable feelings about these things with anyone. About boobies? No, not even my mom. I was so embarrassed to. Oh my god! Yeah, I have the my worst. My friends I just didn't even try. I have the worst hunchback now because um, I was the tallest in my grade. Mm. I got my period in grade four. Mm. My boobs straight away afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Because um, that's pretty young. You like first in the grade, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And all the boys were like, "Is it blue?" and so like I was just like totally traumatized and then yeah I was the tallest in my grade and I got like the biggest boobs Mm. and um yeah I just remember like walking around with my shoulders forward trying to like hide them Mm. um just by like pulling my t-shirt forward and like yeah just the like folding your arms down over the front of your body. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, I just remember my um, next-door neighbour, um, Julie, always coming and, like, pulling my shoulders back and mm-hmm. my boobs just busting out through the front of my <laughs> shirt. And I was just like, no! <laughs> Everyone can see that I'm a woman now. Yeah. You're too, too young for that stuff. Mm. Y- yeah. It's so embarrassing when mm. it happens. Like, I was so embarrassed about getting underarm hair. And I remember I had a dance concert and I was so... We had to wear these sleeveless little tops with, like, sleep, 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 sequin straps. Sleepin slaps. Sequin. <laughs> and um, I would not lift my arms above my head oh. properly to do the moves. I know. I remember those feelings. to get fitted, yeah, or anything because yeah. I didn't want anyone to see my underarm hair. Mm-hmm. And then in the same train of thought I was too embarrassed to tell my mom so like and ask her if I could shave I remember having the exact conversation with my mom yeah I remember having to ask my mom permission I think Mm. it got to the point where I think she she noticed at one point she noticed and got to the point where she was like you know butted in and was like okay like this is what you can do you can shave your own drums like I think to save me like yeah having to ask her because she realized but I, I, yeah, I think that's when my anxiety started. Mm. And it's funny because, like, a lot of my anxiety has to do with my body. Yeah. It always has. Yeah, which so. is so outstanding to me, obviously, as 
a loving friend because mm. I think you were just so gorgeous and like mm-hmm. um it's it, that's what anxiety is it's this crazy mm. irrational thing totally irrational. that no one else sees and notices or would even conceive that this mm. person has mm. um yeah I have yeah, always it, had mm. anxiety Mm-mm. my whole life I can't remember a moment when I wasn't anxious when you were a child yeah, I um so I had pretty severe stranger danger mm. growing up um to the point where you know I'd be um in my house and mum would go to hang out the washing and she'd be just out of view mm. and I would just scream around the house running around looking for her mum mum where are you and I just yeah. I just remember the panic of feeling mm. alone or not being safe or something. Do you know what age that started? Um, like... We learned about stranger danger in grade one, I think. Wow. So it was actually something at school that they taught you about. And then yeah. you took it so to heart. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, it still affects me. Like, I can't mm. make phone calls. Mm. Um, I had to make a phone call to Amy to update my... Uh... Oh, Amy, the insurance people? Yes, yeah, sorry. <laughs> A-A-M-I. <laughs> Amy. Um not a sponsored a phone call sorry but <laughs> um <laughs> i had to update my policy for my business mm. as a young businesswoman yeah i should be confident in doing these sorts of things ha ha but um mm. i literally did like five nervous poos before i had to call yeah and yeah. it was the most simple thing ever like i just had to call them and be like i don't need this anymore blah blah mm. blah mm. my address is this now. probably like a voice automated thing too when you're just basically like oh no nah, mate i got onto a rob who was a sick dog. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> voice to voice. <laughs> but yeah, like I, I was honestly like, I just, I can't do a lot of things with strangers that mm. normal, normal, sorry, I'm doing the fingers. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, normal people uh, what is normal? take for what granted. What is normal? We have to ask that question. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So um, yeah, I don't remember a moment when I haven't had anxiety mm. in some form. Does your mum recall you being an anxious toddler or child? Or yeah, <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I think, I think we pretty much pinpointed it to the stranger danger, mm. um, and then that was just the anxiety, and then I got depression. Um, I don't know soon soon after that. I want to say like, yeah. um, but back to the puberty thing, I mm. find it really frustrating because. A lot of doctors assume that it's just a puberty thing mm. mm-hmm. or it's a phase and it's going to, it's go, going away to go away and it's just hormonal, whereas mine is, oh, I guess it is hormonal. It's chemical. It's a chemical imbalance, mm. um, but it wasn't a puberty thing and mm, just... um, my family like were confusing it because of what the doctor had said for a long time, thinking it was just... um yeah. Mood swings. And then you're 21 and you've still got it. And it's like, well, I'm, I'm not going through puberty and anymore. I've still got it. And yeah. it's like, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, it's like, my boobs have grown. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> oh, I still got these horrible boobs, but. <laughs> the anxiety state as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember being a pretty happy, outgoing kid. Like, I was on the debate team and I was. Yeah, see, I. Um, I a really good, like. I was quite confident in my public speaking and reading and everything. And so the teachers would really dote on me. And for, you know, special assemblies and whatever, I, I would always get up and, and read, yeah. you know, the poem on Anzac Day or whatever. Yeah. And um, as soon as I got into high school, I think, like, that, that kind of bubble just totally broke. And I think I just, I don't really know what happened, but I just didn't, I, I, I wasn't cool. I was never cool, but... As I got older, I was just more and more uncool because of the things that I was interested in. Yeah, which was like that interest that um music segregates. And, yeah, you know, music and art and da da da. Mm. And like, you know, I probably was a little bit preco- precocious, being like, oh, you don't know who the Smiths are, like you know, <laughs> in year eight. But like, you know, when you're a teenager and this stuff happens, but mm. yeah, I just where we lived, everyone was like into going to the beach, and that's about it. Like mm. to generalize. Um, and so I think my anxiety got really much worse after that because mm. I felt like quite an outcast and I've always been a bit of a late bloomer emotionally as well. So I wasn't really into like 
passion parties and stuff when all my friends were. Sorry, doing what's that. a passion party? Pashing. Pashing party. Yeah, like. Do you, do I know what pashing is. But like you know, like I was just really, I became really nervous about that kind of stuff, and I don't really know why. Boys. I still don't really know. Why. Yeah, boys. Well, I know, I know why I became nervous. You, why you became nervous about boys? Why? Because your boobs. Well, my boobs. And also, um, my mum was a bit, I want to say, slut-shamey. And that made me start really questioning, like, boys' motives. Mm. And I think from there I was a bit apprehensive to show any kind of sign to another boy. I also grew up in an all-girls Catholic high school. Mm. Um, So, yeah, because I went to a co-ed high school, so there were always boys around. And... Like, having boys as friends never phased me, but I think, like... And my parents were just, like, totally chill. They never hounded me about anything. Like, I pretty much could do whatever I wanted. But the problem was I never could rebel because I never... I was always too scared to rebel. Like, isn't that lame? (laughs) (laughs) I never did anything bad ever, 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 basically. Um, But I think, like, my anxiety turned into this, like, weird fear of intimacy. So even in a really young age at high school, like, passing someone at a party was, like, a massive deal to me and I would never do it, like, unless I was trashed on Bacardi Breezes. (laughs) You know, and my life is still a bit the same like that today, which is actually a really weird realisation to... I think my fear of intimacy, too, came from um, being in all-girls high school being interested in girls and boys mm. and um, the fact that, like, lesbian was thrown around as, like, such a insult mm. all the time um, to the point where, like, if you borrowed a pencil of someone, they'd be like, are you interested in no. that person? Like, or, like, spread a rumour about you or... Do you think that kind of culture, which is, like, pretty disgusting, do you think that still exists of course. in private schools today? Of course. That's so strange. A hundred percent. And so, yeah, like, I I never wanted to get close to my girlfriends or, mm. um, I say that platonically, mm. um, uh, because I was so worried that they would be like, I can't be friends with you anymore because, mm. like, I think you're interested in me or whatever. So everyone would just overreact at the slightest. Yeah, so anything. I became, like, very, like arms lengthy physically with people yeah um yeah I you're definitely... still a bit like that actually yeah I'm not I'm like, not a cuddler I have or... to give you a hug when I see you if I want a hug and I like if I want to give someone person. a hug I always ask permission oh yeah like I'm like do you want a hug or mm, oh, yeah. I put my arms out for a bit and like wait to see <laughs> like I'm not just like a see if you shuffle yeah like towards them with like, your arms <laughs> like a robot <laughs> do you want to hug yeah 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 mm. so um see I do that whole Italian thing where I'm like oh like anyone I've got to hug them as soon as I see them oh that's nice because like with the Italian thing yeah you go in for a hug but then it's like a double sloppy cheek kiss as well <laughs> which I don't do um Oh, you need to bring it back. I just, like, press my cheek against Carry the on back that. of someone's head weirdly. <laughs> I'm like, hi, and then step away. I've always been, like, horrible at um working out what side someone's going to come for the kiss as I well. I always get it wrong. I nearly make out with people so often. <laughs> so I just, I don't do it anymore. I do the big, like, Mwah! noise instead. <laughs> like, I don't go anywhere near their face. I'm just like, Mwah! nice to see you. Hi. <laughs> I really... Yeah. So if I do that, I'm I am attempting yeah. a genuine interaction. <laughs> well, I've taken to like patting people on the back when I give oh. them a hug as well, and I don't know where that's come from. My dad but... is a total patter. He actually says pat 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 as he pat, as he pats you back. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a bit awkward. Yeah. So sorry, anyone, if I give you like a a dad pat hug when I see you. It's, it's... I, I I also I'm love doing the hug. <laughs> I love doing the hug that's like one over the shoulder, one around the waist, like total bro hug. That's one of my faves. I love a good hug. Mm. Sometimes you see a friend, like, we used to have this friend, I'm not going to say any names, but I was thinking about this the other day. We had this friend when I was in my early 20s, and he gave the most magnificent hugs. And his hugs just were like, because he was quite tall, just like, totally like enveloping, enveloping. And my brother gives hugs like that. Well, I was going to say slightly sensuous, but I'm... Oh. <laughs> no. <yeah. laughs> 
we'll stop that there. <laughs> like, just, like, I was going to say long and hard, but this is sounding a little bit porny. Ooh, tune out now. <laughs> just, um, Fifty you know, Shades Darker just started. Like, you know, a good, considered, solid, like... Mm. You know who gives good excellent hug. hugs a that really we both know? That I, I think about the hugs all the time, actually. Yeah. Sweeby girl. Oh, Sweeby. I haven't seen her in a very long time. I know. Sweeby, if you're listening, get your butt over to us. We need some hugs. Give hug. You give the best hugs. Yeah, they're like Mother Earth hugs. Mm, mm. They're, they're, it's, it's a it's an embrace that is charged with good vibes. Like if you charge your crystal. I imagine you to be a crystal and you've been charging in the sun with all the good things and then Anyway, before we talk about you for half an hour, <laughs> I can really totally see magic. that. <laughs> but yeah, hit us up for yeah. a hug. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, what's it like when you hug me? What um, kind of hug do I give? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I haven't weird? thought about it. No, I haven't. Because I was just. I, I think was sometimes saying, we only hug when things are really bad. So we need to hug more when the things are good too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like a lot oh, of our hugs morning. have been consoling hugs. Yeah, they have been actually. And it's so, like, oh, you've had a really hard day. Yeah, <laughs> crying on the floor, <laughs> like a, a turtle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had one of those recently. Yeah, but yeah, um, it's true. I guess because we live together as well. I guess when you see friends that you don't see often, or even if you're just you know seeing them around town, you give them a hug. Mm. You know, you go and see someone for brunch, you give them a hug, but. Yeah, I wouldn't just walk into the studio or walk walk home and be like, "Hey, it's time for a hug." From you and me, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like no. walk in the front door. Oh, and nice put my to see down. you. I've been working with you all day. <laughs> Maybe we should have a hug, like at the start and end of every day. <laughs> I don't know. See what that does for our friendship. All right. Well, when we hug our cats, we will have to remember to hug each other as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, That's true. So, with your anxiety, depression, how have you been treating that since you found out about it? Ooh. Well, in high school, I guess, was when I... Uh, I was probably, like, in year 11, year 12, and th- it had become pretty unbearable, the anxiety, and there was a lot of... Uh, I mean, the two have always been this, like, swirling pot mm. of emotions, mm. depression and anxiety. I almost couldn't tell them apart for mm. so long. Mm. Like... yeah. Because they just impacted each other. Yeah, they offset one another. Yeah. I had such negative self-thoughts at the time. Mm. Um, Especially when it's situational mm. and you're already maybe depressed. The anxiety is so hard to decipher and think mm. rationally about and yeah. recognise that, like, you are being just an anxious person yeah. and you're not just, yeah, I don't mm. know. Well, like, having these issues and no one else that I knew seemed to be dealing with these things really. And so mm. I couldn't talk to anyone about it. Mm. Maybe occasionally my mum, but no one at school. Yeah, I don't and... remember talking to anyone about it either, yeah. really. And so I feel like that made me feel like even more of an outsider, mm. which really heightened my feelings about myself. And mm. um, I just remember finding it... I mean, I started to do this thing where I would... Um, basically just became a huge loner that's how I got into drawing actually so it wasn't such a bad thing in the long run but that's really interesting um, I would I would I would just yeah not go to any social events like I remember going to my year 12 formal but didn't go to an after party and you know didn't do any of those things because I just was I couldn't handle it um so what were you drawing about at that time um, I think I've always just been drawing about the same thing, which is like the human figure, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is because I'm completely obsessed with the human figure. Because I, I remember yeah. like a, a lot more of your earlier illustrations um, featured a lot more of this kind of um, otherworldly kind of yeah, women was, as like, well. There was kind of an escapism yeah, to al- it. It's always been a bit like that, actually. Um I guess I went from like looking at storybooks as a kid to like then making my own yeah. storybooks for myself, basically. Yeah, a lot of your like imagery kind of carried with it a story, like, um, or even um, literal mm. wording mm. on the image. Yeah, and, they did um, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I always found that like really interesting mm. as well. 
I think I just started to channel a lot of my feelings through my work at that time. And I was painting lots of mermaids when I was like mm. 20, 20 years old. But yeah, in high school, it was lots of, I was quite into writing as well. So lots of poetry and, mm. and things, you know, typical <laughs> 18 year old girl stuff. Um, but, and I used to sit on a typewriter, or sit with a typewriter on my bedroom floor and click the I had the a typewriter and, too. Yeah, it was so cool, you know. It, I'd never even got like a proper ream for it. I was just typing with like the deadest ink, probably <laughs> like too. 20 or 30 years Me old. Um, I got mine from Salvation Army. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I used to write poetry on that. Um, you know what, I'm probably going to like try and dig that out and read it. In another episode, that'd be a treat, wouldn't it? That would be very um, cool. I have a lot of back catalogue. Mm. Um, yeah, so, I don't know. Yeah. So you started um, retreating? Yeah, retreating big time, and that's always been a huge issue for me. That's mm. carried on to my adult life, like to my own detriment in a huge way. Mm. Um, I've started dealing with it better mm. now. but I mean, like, sometimes you need to retreat, and then other mm. times it's... I, I you need it got to push really yourself. Bad. It got well. really bad at some points where I couldn't leave the house, mm. and um, yeah. So high school, I don't know. I just retreated. Yeah, retreated into my own world. Then, when was the first time you saw a doctor about? Probably in high school, and because I had a lot of issues with my period as well, so they kind of just put it down to being linked to that. Mm. Um, put me on the pill, said that it should help everything out, which mm. it did not at all. So my mum started, we started, like, mum kind of saw that I was very anxious because I couldn't go anywhere publicly without, like, I could go places with my mum, like, we'd go to the shops and whatever, but if I had to go anywhere, um there was some kind of social event or school event or something, I'd get the shakes in my hands really badly yeah. and would just be sweating profusely yeah. and could not stop shaking yeah. and could not talk clearly because of that, I guess. Um, and it, it seems quite exaggerated in my head now, but, um, like, my mum noticed enough to be like, okay, well, let's let's. You can have, like, something. such intense physical reactions to these, like, clearly mental mm. processing of what's going on around you when it's you have so a mental scary. illness. It's so scary. And uncontrollable, mm. like completely uncontrollable. Because it's almost like the more you're aware of your body doing that, the worse it gets. Yeah, because then you're you anxious cannot... about the shake. Yeah, and you it's cannot like... stop it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we started doing like um, natural therapies. Mm. So we just would go to the health food shop and get like tinctures and potions and all these kinds of While things. While you were and... still on the pill? Yes, I think so, actually, mm -hmm. from memory. And I just remember going out one night to a bar because I'd started socialising in Sydney with some friends. So I'd gotten on the train, I had my, my bag full of overnight stuff, and I had this humongous one-litre bottle of, like, rescue remedy type stuff. <laughs> and it was just like a herbal tincture and you were meant to take up with water and it helped you to not be so nervous. And I remember going to a club. Were you meant to drink the whole thing? No, no, no. Okay. But I needed it because you needed to take it every few hours. Okay, yeah. Um, so I had the one-litre bottle, which was, like, half full. <laughs> I go to a club with my friends and the security guard checks my bag and he's like, what is this? And I'm like, oh, it's a herbal remedy. It's medicine. He takes it out of my bag, opens the lid and sniffs it and he goes, this smells like booze. Because it did. It's pretty much like um, they're all, they all have an alcohol content. Yeah. Um, because I guess whatever herbs, whatever, are distilled in alcohol. Mm -hmm. Like it's not an intoxicating amount, but yeah. So anyway, I was like at the front of the club, like having... <laughs> like pretty much like a heart attack thing like you can't take my anxiety meds away from me like it just it was it was horrible um so anyway i think my friends dragged me into the club and i just ended up drinking heaps and who knows bye bye um, potion yeah well i think i went out and got it back because he like kept it at the door with oh him, that's good because he could see that i was freaking out he's he not like, too much of a jerk then. yeah he's like you cannot take this inside and i was like please like i was crying i was like just please like i yeah anyway so and, like, because the city was, like, two or three hours away yeah, from my house yeah, yeah. by public transport Such well. a trip. So I was, like, really in, not in my comfort zone at all. Yeah. Um, and so that was the beginning of my trying to deal mm, medicinally. Yeah. Um, I never self, uh, what's the word? Self-medicated. Um, I've never been into drugs or anything like that. But I will say that I've used alcohol as a crutch in, in social situations. Um, which I've cut back on quite a lot in the last year, two years, because I realised it was it ended up giving me pretty big panic attacks if if I'd have a binge night. Mm. Um, 
Yeah, also, the art, I find the aftermath of drinking quite a lot to be the most panic-inducing because mm. um, my regret or processing of the night before yeah. that happens the day after when I'm, like, hungover or whatever actually gives me more grief than, Jesus. like, during the drinking Whoa. because I'm like, oh, my God, did I say this? Did mm-hmm. I do that? Like, and I still get it, like, all the time. And so do you just, like, replay everything? In your yeah, head? and I'm mm. like... I, like, will have to ask someone, like, was this okay? Like, was I obnoxious? Mm. Like, And you, you know. never are. <laughs> or if you are, no one noticed because they're just as drunk. Yeah. And I think a lot of people struggle with this. And it's, like, in the long run, really, doesn't yeah. matter. Like, but I think that's unless when you're causing, I'm at my most vulnerable. Harm, like, purposeful harm, you know. Yeah. Then you're pretty much okay. But... Yeah. Mm. And so, like... I know at the moment that you're unmedicated. Yes. Um, what have you done in the past or experimented with, good or bad, medicinal or non-medicinal, <laughs> um, to kind of help your anxiety? Um, so I was taken to my family doctor at about the age of 16. Yeah. 15, 16. Um, and as I said before, he pretty much was like, oh, it's puberty. Like, you've obviously got a case of depression. Mm. Um, I was really struggling at school like um I really wanted to do arts and they were going to cut the art subjects and they mm-hmm. cut photography and um I wasn't good at maths or any of the academic subjects which they want you to be good at at yeah. an, a private school that's um quite expensive mm-hmm. they want to get those numbers in they don't care about arts and um such a shame my I felt I felt very excluded from the girls around me like Mm -hmm. um I just I couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel um and uh I think part of it was situational at that time Mm. but I also realize now that a lot of it was chemical and um I'm probably not not properly diagnosed I Mm -hmm. think um at that time but that's fine like you have to ride these things out sometimes yeah um and it wasn't so awful and it never has been so awful that I've had to have this kind of intervention or anything Mm -hmm. I've always kind of been quite resilient and dealt with it and just rode it out Mm -hmm. but um yeah essentially um I went on antidepressants and I was on the pill as well Mm -hmm. um I didn't take the pill very well anyway whenever I was on it and I didn't take no I'm Mm. I would be hopeless you know if I wasn't thinking about it I'm not the type of person to take Mm. a pill um but um yeah and then I was on antidepressants um and I was pretty hopeless at taking that as well if I'm honest like I would take it for a while and then as soon as I feel better I just sort of forget about it oh no Um, that's the worst thing you can do yeah you're gonna have a downer straight away um yeah so it wasn't that great but um Mm. I preferred being off medication because um I wasn't feeling anything like at all it made me really focused so I could do a lot of my schoolwork which was great Mm. um it made me really just chill out and I wasn't anxious anymore which was great yeah but then if something awful happened like I don't know I can't think of anything in particular but say someone died Mm. I could not physically cry anymore yeah that's how I couldn't feel anymore yeah and it was when I needed to express those emotions that the medication was letting me down. Mm. Um, and yeah, so I just stopped taking it and mm. went on with my life. And I don't know, had a pretty weird, tumultuous mm-hmm. um, time from the ages of 16 to 19 and even beyond. Um, but um since then I guess I've just started looking more inward um I I don't have an official diagnosis I'll be completely honest about that but I know in my gut that I have some form of bipolar Mm -hmm. um I've really I've done a lot of my own personal kind of research on it and I've treated it the way that a lot of people with bipolar treat their um 
situation and it's worked for me. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that's enough. Yeah. I, I have it under control as much as possible and um, I don't need medication to do that. Mm-hmm. But a lot of that has um, been because of my situation with my partner James and my mum and everyone around me supporting me and mm. um like an open dialogue about exactly how you're feeling and yeah. when you're feeling it and because at the start of my relationship with James I did not know what to put my finger on like mm. um I wasn't sure what to call what I had or how to approach it mm. or anything like that and um yeah, I think I got to the point... I think I watched the Stephen Fry documentary um, that he did about bipolar. Oh, yes, I remember seeing that. Um, and, and he bought lots of gadgets because that kept him happy. Is that right? Oh, and I don't... go on, like, buying sprees and buy heaps of iPods and stuff. Oh, maybe, yeah. Mm. And he, But he interviewed a lot of other people who mm. suffer with bipolar. And um, everything they were saying, I was like, tick, tick, mm. tick, tick, tick. Um, yeah, the... Um, the mania that you get with bipolar is what I live with a lot. The mm. euphoria as well, mm. I, I find myself um, feeling a lot. Mm. Um, yeah. and when was the last time that you felt like you had a euphoric episode? Can I call it that? Is that... Yeah, yeah. Um, they don't usually, I don't let them last too long, mm-hmm. but sometimes... Um, I just, like, can laugh at just about anything. You laugh at me all the time. No, but it's a different... <laughs> it's very different. It's long. It's like... Uh, I just lose it like a kid who giggles at something for too long. Mm, mm, and mm. it's not even funny anymore. Yeah. And I'm still laughing. Okay. And I'm not even laughing about whatever I was laughing at anymore. Yeah. It's just... Yeah. And then... Uh, yeah, the kind of mania that I, is associated with bipolar. Like sometimes um, I can push myself to do like a lot of work mm-hmm. all at once and I know straight away a day or two later I'm going to have the lowest of low points where I literally want to kill myself mm. over nothing. Mm. It's not situational. I love my life. I love so much of what's in my life and I know I'm supported and I know I have all of this great stuff going on but But your brain just like runs ahead of you I just I can't do it anymore Mm. I don't have energy anymore I can't compute anything anymore James could say to me what do you want to eat for dinner and I'm like fuck off that is the hardest question you've ever asked me Mm. like I don't I can't do this right now and he's like it's so simple it's just what do you want for dinner and I'm like Mm you have no idea how hard that is for me right now. Like, Mm. and I'm just, and then I'm like, oh my God, I'm being a bitch. Like you're better off without me. And then you just spiral out of control and Mm. it's like Mm. just the worst. Mm. But if I can recognize that, which more often than not I can, because like you notice when you kind of want to kill yourself. Yeah. um, I can just, I use things to like calm me down, like, meditation which mm. sounds really corny but totally works, works for me wonders. yeah um me just james steps up and he will just cook me a meal mm. or we will clean the room yeah or we will do like the small things that are setting me off mm. we'll just tick those off yep. you know like he'll take stuff to the post office for me or yeah um yeah and then i wake up the next day and it, i like can't associate with that person I was the day before at all so strange like straight away and so for me the best part about kind of I want to say knowing I have bipolar but you know obviously people will people will probably judge me for thinking that I have bipolar if I haven't got an official diagnosis but like Mm. that's what I'm running with and I'm living a happy life so fuck off (laughs) um (laughs) but like yeah like knowing that I have these symptoms and mm. knowing how to approach them and how the roller coaster is going to go in advance has saved me already mm-hmm. because I know that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And then mm. if the light's too bright, there's also probably going to be a dark bit as well. <laughs> and so it's watching the highs and the lows for me that really just helps me maintain a level of balance in my yeah. life. 
So just trying to be, to like view yourself with almost like an outsider's perspective. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Mm. Um, I know if I'm pushing myself too much, I'm going to pay for it. Yeah. Um, and that's more often than but like, not. I, you know, when you say that, like, we should probably explain this is like working from 9am in the morning till four o'clock in the night, you know, without stopping and and not eating not eating and not talking to anyone and like literally just yeah like like going because i have to go but also going because but you don't I'm, have to go for, <laughs> for you know that was like, but going my because, opinion from my opinion i'd be like whoa like i can't work past midnight like you know to me that's crazy but for me um, i have mm. to ride the wave and get work done yeah, when i yeah. have the energy to do it yeah and so it does seem crazy, mm. but it's because I am crazy. <laughs> like, yeah, like I don't mean, oh my god, you're crazy. Like, like I understand that it's part of what is happening in, in your in your mind, and your like that's how you're processing it. Like, yeah. I think what I'm trying to say is the fact that you think that's normal. Like to me, that's just like whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, well, whoa. it's, it's yeah, my normal. I couldn't, I couldn't, yeah, yeah. Um, and. Um, like last year was the most insane year I've had mm. in my life so far. Yep. So many highs, not too many lows, surprisingly, but a lot of work. Yep. And a lot of pushing my body beyond what I've ever pushed it before and yep. my mind beyond what I've ever pushed it before. Yeah. And, um, cause it's ridiculous. Sometimes I go, Oh my gosh, we chose to be housemates and we both have these like incredibly taxing emotional lives. Mm. <laughs> so it's really funny that we've chosen to live together and work together in, in all these ways. But I think it's because we can understand each other through knowing ourselves mm. uh, with what, like, I think there's a compassion there. That... I feel like we both know what works for us and our mental health too, somehow. Yeah. I don't know how we both individually got to these points, but we're reasonably grounded. I'm still figuring a lot of stuff out. Sometimes I, you know, don't want to go to work, don't want to see anyone, and I'll stay inside for three days straight. And, this... and that's like an offshoot of what I was dealing with in a much heavier way when see, I was younger. But See, I think, though, um, when I need to stay indoors and stay in bed for three days straight, I love that because I know that that's me re-energizing so i don't like it because i know it's a product of my anxiety and it makes me feel guilty uh see i i'm beyond the guilty part now i'm not and i'm (laughs) just like the first day i feel guilty but then by the second day i'm like it's like Mm. starting a holiday yeah you never feel great in the first week and the shit at holidays yeah (laughs) i can't do holidays I can't stop. My God, I, maybe we have the same thing. No, I can't stop working. Like if I stop working, I go mental. Mm. I had such it's hard. a shit summer break because I didn't know what to do with myself. It's hard too because working. like we both love our work, and so for a work, a lot of the time, unless it's like hard work, yeah, we enjoy doing. doing it. Yeah. I love staying active. Yeah. And it's funny because I just had this thing in my head. I remember my nonna was always cooking, always cleaning, doing, doing, doing. She mm. never, ever sits down, never, ever stops. And, I mean, man, I'm a couch potato compared to her because um, <laughs> she's, you know, 70-something and, and gets up at the crack of dawn to start cooking pasta sauce um, every single day. So uh, I always remember as a kid everyone being like, Ma, sit down, you know, like busy, busy, busy. Nonna's always busy. She's always doing something. And That's I'm like, you. Oh my god, it's me. I can see that in you. I'm that little nonna. <laughs> baby nonna. Even oh. at the studio, like, I mm. don't, I rarely see you, like, really taking a break. No, I don't. And when you do, I'm like, are you okay? Because it's, like, so confusing. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, if Caitlin stopped working, there's something wrong. Yeah, like, it must be 40,000 degrees in here because yeah. that's the only reason Caitlin would stop working. Yeah. Or, yeah. You want a cup of tea? I have a tea break every now and then. But, Mm. Oh, I guess I should explain to people what I'm doing in terms of my medication. Yeah, so what are you doing now? Uh, well, for the last two years I've been taking antidepressants. Uh, I'm just on an SSRI prescribed to me by a doctor. Um, and, yes, yeah, same things as you were talking about before. There's quite a lot of cons, but there are also a lot of pros. So mm. cons, like, I don't cry anymore um, unless I'm, you know, really 
at the edge mm. and just need like my body is basically pushing tears out of me because mm. they just need to come out mm. but but also pro you don't cry anymore <laughs> yeah yeah i can go to a sad movie and look like the strongest one there. Um, i cry at dog food commercials like honestly if you put a pixar film in front of me i'm gonna ball she's gone i'm gonna ball um, yeah, so I don't cry. I don't have a libido, which is also quite troublesome and I don't really tell anyone about. But here you go. Let's put it on a public podcast. Well, guess what? I don't take medication and I don't really have a libido. So <laughs> Yeah, who knows a cure for this? Jeez. I, I only oysters, get crushes so and then I get... I only get crushes and then I get over my crush. Yeah. See, I don't even get crushes. I think I'm slowly turning into an asexual being. (laughs) Or just like a really sexually repressed. I think that's probably my problem. Oh, yeah. That's a whole podcast in itself. It is. Our our sexual repression. Unleashing the demon. The memoirs of Caitlin. That's so sad, (laughs) but it's true. Memoirs Um, of Mooney Ponds gals. (laughs) (laughs) Just two girls living it up in Mooney Ponds. (laughs) With their cats and James. (laughs) Living it down? They're really not living it up. (laughs) We're just living it like sideways. We're down in the ponds. Right down. Living it flatline. Flat on the level. (laughs) They get it. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Um... But yeah, so I'm, I'm I'm taking medication and mm. um, you had a brief stint with a psycho psychoanalyst, psychoanalyst, um, and but YOLO, it's like um, I don't have the money for that. No one can afford that. Um, Ain't nobody also, got money for that. Also, if I just listen to my mum when she talks to me on the phone, she kind of gives me advice that's just as worthy. Mm-hmm. And um, I like Kathy's advice. You know, mum's a genius because it's the same advice I give. Yeah. <laughs> They're both Sagittarians, so they just go, Caitlin, you idiot, this is what you should be doing. And I'm like, please, like I'm praying to them, like, please tell me what to do. I love it when um, form this text message. I love it when you put your mum on loudspeaker because I'm like, yes, that's what I fucking said. Like, <laughs> no, every time. I got to listen because you both told me. Anyway, uh, yeah, so I mean, um, if, if, if you're someone out there who hasn't you know, or is reticent about going on medication or, I mean, yeah, of course, talk to your doctor, but there are a lot of pros and there are a lot of cons. I mean, you know, for these things that have happened, I, I cannot wake up in the morning. I find it really hard to wake up and mm. and things like that. So there are things that have happened which I guess, you know, depletion of energy, so-and-so, mm. which make me go, oh, God, what's the point? But really, like, to be honest, my life has changed so much in the past two years. Mm. Um, the reason I, I initially, well, I'd been to the doctor a few times and a few male doctors actually were like, I don't think you need this, you seem really put together. Yeah, because, of course, like, when you go to the doctor, you put it on your Sunday best. I'm not going to fall on the floor and You're not talking to a friend. screaming and go, help me, help me, like... I am a very composed person. If you know me, I'm an in- quite a composed person. And and I'm not going to give that up just to express what I'm feeling. <laughs> Sorry, our cat's rolling around the floor. <laughs> they look really um, cute. Who can be depressed when there's fluffy critters so, around? Yeah, like I actually had to say to the doctor, look, no, I need your help. Um, it, You know, I can't tell you everything in detail. This isn't... Mm. Um, I remember even when I was like... Um, because I wanted to go get a blood test again because I was like, mm. oh, I really want to get re-diagnosed and whatever and start that bandwagon rolling again. Yeah. Um, and, like, this guy already knew I had had depression and been diagnosed since I was 16 with manic depression. Right. Um, and I still had to get to the point where, because he was like, oh, yeah, you seem okay. It's probably just because of this, probably just because mm. of that. I was like, no, I'm thinking about killing myself. Is that enough? Can I tell you that? I'm thinking yeah. about killing myself. And that was when I, like, burst out crying because mm. I was like, I've actually, I'm fed up with, yeah. like, talking about it. I, like, mm. just And if you're in I the doctors that at that point, <laughs> they should just realise you need the help, but I've had to go to so many different doctors and spell it out for them. Mm. Um, and I think that's that's troublesome because if you, you know, often in those cases you aren't brave enough to spell it out and go, I need this help. Yeah. If you're not that kind of person, it can be so hard. Um, but yeah, so. Go, but I didn't even go back after that. See, yeah. <laughs> so I just went. Oh, that you negative know what? experience at the doctors. It wasn't. It wasn't negative necessarily. Well, I just was like, "Oh, this isn't going to help me. I think I can help me better," mm-hmm. and not in a self-medicating way, but just in a like, 
more introspective way, like Mm -hmm. really listening to my body Mm -hmm. and really listening to what I needed at any one time and being Mm. selfish and selfish in a positive sense and being like, I'm taking this time for me. I Mm. can't go out right now. Yeah. And that's what I mean when I've reached the point where I don't have guilt over staying home anymore. Because you just need to. Yeah, it's like, oh, do I want to deal with myself wanting to kill myself the next day if I don't? Yeah. And not in a dramatic fucking way, but that is literally what goes through my mind if I don't take time for me. Mm. And that might be extreme to some people, but, like, that's just my brain, yo. Mm. Mm. (laughs) See, I don't think I deal with things as in that same way as you, I think... For me, it's more this constant nervous energy mm. or it's negative thoughts. It's negative self. Well, that's why I always talk about how um, grateful I am to have bipolar because <laughs> at least I'm happy for part of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's I a might way have to look at it. severe lows when I do get lows, but well, I mean, at least highs. I know I'm going to be happy again. Mm, mm. Um, yeah, I, I find it really hard talking to my friends who have depression because... I'm like, I my advice is like, you know, you just have to wait it out. And that's not the case with a lot of people's depression. It is just an overhanging yeah. thing that is always there. It's and like that's where I like... A birthmark is stuck. Yeah. You know? I, I yeah. feel often I, I, I don't have the right advice for people who may be suffering depression because, um, like, I really just... I have the ability to wait for another day or go to sleep Mm. and it really does change my entire outset as soon as I'm awake again. Mm. That's so strange. I can't even imagine. It's it's pretty good, but it's also, I don't know, Mm. a weird sensation to have this like ominous feeling overcome you all of a sudden and then you know like, oh, it's happening again. Mm. It's like... The unwanted guest has arrived at the party and you've got to wait for them to leave. Yeah, totally. It's like getting your period, but, like, way worse. <laughs> um, Riding the crimson wave and the mental wave. The mental wave. What are we going to call it? The grey wave or something? Oh, grey wave. <laughs> That's really weird. I like that. Riding the grey wave. Almost, um, uh, yeah, a bit Mr. Sheffield uh, inspired. I love him. <laughs> um... But yeah, like I think probably the last thing I have to say about medication is that it has changed my life. I've gone from having like series of panic attacks to like actually being able to live my life with some clarity and dealing with things like the adult that I felt like I should be, you know, going places and not being a bumbling nervous mess and feeling proud of myself and feeling confident and... Being able to move to Melbourne on yeah, your own. Yeah, I moved to Melbourne by myself for work purposes. Huge. And, um, like, I've finally done these things because I finally gained control mm. of my. I remember self, um, the first time you came to Melbourne, you had all your potions with you. I did. They were different potions. Mm. That's for another podcast, too. <laughs> they, they, they were. The health. potion episode. Actually, no, they were actually for anxiety, but for other things as well. Mm. That's some, some kind of. Magic. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, not going to tell you all about that um, right now. And the other thing I was also hoping you might mention, um, being a small business owner and being oh. on antidepressants, Yes. the thing that you may come into is that time where you might have to change medication. That's true. When do you schedule that shit in? Uh, that's something I can't answer because that's something that I'm actually freaking out about right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I've actually got... A repeat. I because Caitlin obviously said before that she had trouble getting up in the morning and was hoping to try maybe a new medication. Mm. So I, I, my doctor said that it sounds like I should go into a different type of SSRI, which I'm going to try, but I can't really schedule that in because I work for myself, and mm. and I know that when I go off this medication to any degree, I get extreme dizziness and faint, mm. feel very faint, and um, when I first went on it slept the whole week basically like literally slept for a whole week mm. i couldn't rouse myself and, and that's a whole week that whole you're week. not earning any money yeah i'm not earning that much money at the moment while i am at work yeah. so to be asleep for a whole week it's like oh shit i can't yeah. cannot afford very that. daunting experience and um, i think it's something that like uh yeah like the government really needs to help support these small business owners who do 
need to take time for themselves sometimes. There may be help, but I haven't actually even looked into anything like that at all. I know that you can get, like, insurance for the sick days that you may need to take, but, like, does insurance cover fucking mental health days or do you have to have a broken back? You like, probably need a doctor's certificate. Yeah, and so, I don't know, that's, mm. like, a whole thing that I always stress about and like when I was updating my insurance with Amy the other day he said to me do you want to up to um uh you know accident um at work or Mm. um time off work money which I can't afford to pay for at the moment anyway but um I was thinking about it and I was like uh does that cover mental health days Mm. like because how do you how does one apply for that? On a mental health day, I can't make it to the doctor. Yeah. Like no one can take me to a doctor on a mental health day. Um I just need to sleep it off. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, what do you do? If anyone knows, 1-800 you ask for it, please. <laughs> <laughs> you know where to message us. Mm. Um But yeah, I mean, I guess there's a lot of different things you can do and it's just about finding what works for you but it's also a really long road to figuring out what works what doesn't work what you want in your life what you you don't need um it's years and years and years of figuring yourself out and you know like uh, on some hand I go well yeah that's just a part of maturing and it's a part of figuring out Mm, but then you talk to someone who doesn't deal with mental health and their part of life is very different to ours. <laughs> are they blessed because they have less or are we blessed because we feel more? I don't know. Like what's... Ooh, that is the the real question, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's if I've, I a mean, hard thing to quantify. I think we've spoken about this before. If I found out that my bipolar was genetic and that I might pass it on to my child... Mm. That would be a whole different question, mm. really, like a whole different form of responsibility. Like, oh yeah, mm. um, would I wish this on anyone else? Knowingly, no way. So, but you know what? Like, I wouldn't give this up, and that's a really weird thing to say. And I don't think I've told you that before. No, but I know that it. It's been so hard, but I think that's also character building and. I know that the way that I look at the world has so much to do with the way that I feel. Mm. And I do really cherish the way that I look at the world because it helps me to make the things that I have the ability to make. And Mm. it helps me empathise and appreciate the people in my life. And I don't know how to be any other way. Like I, Well, I mean, ultimately, I totally agree. I don't know how to be normal. I don't know how to make phone calls even. I, don't I, I hate phone calls too. Don't I, feel bad about that. I don't know. Uh, don't ever call me on the phone, anybody. I hate talking on the phone unless you're my mum. <laughs> my mum is the only person on the phone that I ever want to talk to. Thanks. I, That's just a My PSA. voicemail is like, don't call me, send me a text. <laughs> and constantly everyone oh leaves me voicemails and I have to call them back. It's so it. aggravating. Phone calls, like voice conversations. I mean, like conversations face to face are fine, but something about the phone just freaks me the shit out. I cannot handle it. Even recording into the phone. Yeah, <laughs> like my my dad has a phobia of the phone too. So Does it's, he? well, it's more about like the responsibility of making a phone call. Yeah, that, like I rehearse everything in my head ten times. Before, oh yeah, I write it so down. I write it all down. down. I even write my name is Rosaline Ryan, like word for word. Yeah. Like, I know my own freaking name. I don't need to write it down. <laughs> but, yeah. Mm. So, on that note, we'll finish this off. I think it's nearly... We're nearly an hour. What? Yeah, 58 minutes. Frick. But it's it's an important one. So, we hope you've tuned in for this long. Tuned in, tuned out. Who knows? Keep it on in the background. <laughs> um, I'm so sad. Woe is me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, you know, everything's valid, isn't it? Yeah, and our mental health experience is obviously going to be very different from anyone else's mental health experience. We don't plan on making this a thing where we talk for anyone else. Um, this is just this straight is from us. This a form of, like, therapeutic expulsion, thing, <laughs> if you can call it that. Word vomit, I think she means. Word vomit. <laughs> yeah. Well, therapeutic expulsion is, like, the really nice, smart way to put it. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm not really nice or smart, so <laughs> I'll stick with word vomit. I like to pretend I'm nice and smart. <laughs> but um, anyway, my final question to you is, what is your current mental health hack? My current mental health hack is just yoga, plain and simple. Yoga. Doing stuff with my body, stretching it out, getting sweaty, releasing those toxins, boosting the endorphins. Now I sound like an ad for like Special K. Um, yeah, you're going to do your own brand of Caitlin Chi yoga? Uh, Is this what you're trying to endorse? No. <laughs> no way. Um, I ain't doing a downward dog on YouTube for anyone. Um, yeah. I'll down a, what's that? A Dagwood dog. <laughs> I would not even down a downward, down a downward dog. I don't even know what I'm saying. Um, get that dog away from me. I think, yeah, yoga, for sure. Like, I really love tiring my body out to the extent that I just need to fall asleep as soon as I get home. Like, it quiets your mind. Um, it helps your rest. Um, yeah, I just... I've done... stretching and being in tune with your body as well. You're more connected and... You listen to your body better mm. when, when at least when I'm practicing yoga um, a few times a week. It, yeah, I feel more connected and I feel vital and strong, which I, is a really important thing for me to feel. Mm. Yeah, especially um, I guess because a lot of your anxiety is like physical. Yeah, um, and about your physical self. Mm, mm. To do something like yoga must be very combative towards that. It is. It is because it it helps me retrain my mind into thinking like. Well, appreciating my body for the strength and power and, and, and ability that it has rather than looking at it um, for, for its, uh, mm. you know, preconceived aesthetic You see qualities. your body as, like, strong and capable mm. and um, healthy mm. and it doesn't matter if it's beautiful or sexy or anything like anything that. Anything like that. It's about those, like, more positive undertones of just, mm. like, you are human and you are here yeah. and you're... And, like, your body is just the shell in which you live you, you you it's not just the shell in which you live i mean that is so much more important Care than, for the than, shell in than, which than you what live. that sentence sounds like yeah exactly mm. like it's your home mm. you know it's the thing most important home that you have your body is a temple cherish it <laughs> <laughs> but yeah you know give yourself a hug before you go to bed maybe that's what i should be doing patting myself on the back so last week it was um last week the other month <laughs> it was um Send your best friend a text, but maybe tonight it's... Um, Send yourself a love letter. Yeah, give yourself a hug, do something nice. Kiss your face in the mirror. Ooh. That's always fun. I love to kiss And then my clean face your mirror. The... Dirty mirror's never cool. Nah, put some red lipstick on and do that. <laughs> it's way, way cooler. Your housemates will think you're, like, totally awesome and rad. <laughs> or not. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. I think you're awesome and rad anyway. Thanks. I don't need to go kissing. Yeah, don't walls. ruin my mirror. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Noted. Um, and what about you? What's your what's your hack for the week? I'm actually working towards my hack this week. Okay. Because I am in need of a hack this week. Uh-huh. Um my mental health hack is generally to eat meals even when you don't want to Mm -hmm. because and I don't mean don't want to but I mean when you don't think you have time for it Mm -hmm. and when you're busy at work and you just kind of forget um yeah or you know you can't be bothered going down the street to get something or something (laughs) so you just like eat a bowl of cereal yeah 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 um which I did today. <laughs> I ate a bowl of cereal and then I think I had like some old ice cream from the freezer. Hey, I bought you lunch. Oh, Remember yes. I bought you the pie. I had the pie, you but there was no pie. greens, you know? Yeah. yeah, there were no greens, were there? Um, Tomorrow, let's have a broccolini salad. Yeah, I haven't exactly been eating greens lately. And I think my brain is like in need of some fish and greens. So Let's do that. Let's have some fish and greens. Mm. Yeah. So, lunch. yeah, my mental health hack is to... Eat a meal even when you feel like you can't manage eating a meal. Mm. When you can't be bothered is probably when it's most important, right? Yeah. yeah. And, like, I always hang shit on myself for, like, ordering Uber Eats or something. Mm. But if you can afford Uber Eats, of course, um, it's just such a great convenient way when you're, like, in a low point or, like, just stressed or busy. Stress. Or- 
to just like order a freaking meal for yourself call it a treat call it whatever you want i call it a necessity Mm. because um it is so vital for your brain to be fed in a physical manner um and my brain definitely doesn't work if i'm not eating properly Mm. and i can already feel the sluggishness of like my lack of good food today yeah i i Um, i I often go into the studio without having eaten breakfast and by 11 i'm like why can't i do these emails and then i have lunch or you're like like, why did i have coffee on an empty stomach yeah it makes me go crazy i just like spinning on my chair around the studio (laughs) bad idea and probably our dual life hack was already said earlier today but that was um don't drink when you're anxious. Yeah, <laughs> stay away from it. Have a beautiful glass of good quality vino when you're sitting there with, you know, on a date or with your friends or when you're, you're watching at a your movie. Best. Yeah, don't scull that bottle of $5 alcoholic ginger beer because you're too nervous to talk to five people in the corner at a party. Like, just <laughs> don't do it. From, from, from this girl to, to you, from this girl to that girl, just don't, don't do it. And if you're thinking about doing it, text your best friend. Ask her. Distract yourself. Stand there and hold your hand. I don't know. I think maybe like we all just need to trust in our inner strength. Like we just need to trust ourselves a bit more. Like I guess it depends where your anxiety stems from. But we're all capable. We just if need you know to. what your vices are, avoid them. Yeah. Don't do when crack. you're low, anyway. Drugs are bad. Caffeine for me is bad. Yeah, like caffeine is your drug. Sugar is my... To you, it's a drug. Absolute drug. Mm. Sugar is what can be attested to most of my mood swings Mm. most Mm. of the time. For me, it's wine. (laughs) Rhine. Rhine. I had a Rhine for lunch. Anyway. But yeah, so... Sorry this was so long. Thanks for listening. Thanks. We'll be back for another episode next month. <laughs> Sometime in the future. Sometime. We're not putting any pressure on ourselves, when let's we face get it. get our stuff together. When we're not so nervy. Yeah. Will that ever go away? Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> no. No. Never gonna hear from us again. <laughs> this has been You Ask For It. <laughs> Don't leave me on that note. Episode two. <laughs> Good night. Good night.